1: Happy Tuesday to you folks. Welcome to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you folks for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Well, we've got an interesting show on tap today, so we're not going to waste too much time. We're going to get into it pretty quick because uh, the gentleman's got, it's kind of a backstory of uh, going off of what happened yesterday on our program, talking about some of the water business. Uh, We recently did an interview with Kurt Kniewitz, and he's talking about the increase of fracking down in Texas, of course, North Dakota as well. And a lot of farmers are selling water, because they own the water rights, to the fracking companies making money. And like you said, they're not irrigating alfalfa anymore. They are selling it to the the oil companies. So we did an interview uh, a little while ago about the Western Area Water Supply Authority in North Dakota, which this has been an issue there for a little while. And so uh, Steve Mortensen is our guest. He's in charge of the independent water providers up there in North Dakota. And he talks about this war that's going on. It's the Bakken's water industry and how he personally has lost 50% of his business to the government industrial water sales. So the government in North Dakota got into the water business and now... They're just muscling out every farmer and company they can in order to get more market share. When the downturn happened, man, they had all kinds of bills to pay and loans and this and that. And so uh, it's a kerfuffle, and it's one of those things where the politicians that created it are digging their heels in a little bit because they got the power to do that. So Steve Mortensen and and uh, several other landowners have come forward and this is an interview from then so it's, it's rather interesting so um, hope you enjoy it i know i do um, it's one of those things that gets a little dicey in terms of what we normally air here on the program but it's an it's an issue that's happening more and more and more so this is more of a public service honestly that it's happening so we invite landowners who have water rights to engage with their uh, local governments to find out what the brouhaha and the story is. If you're in an oil and gas community, because um, <clears throat> it's starting to become a little bit of a war. So anyway, when we come back, Steve Mortenson, president of the Independent Water Providers, right here on the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies, and you are listening to the Multimedia Cafe. Here my hands are holding here in my side, whenever you fall in the dead of night, whenever you call in, please don't fight. These hands that are holding you, here my hands are holding you, here in my side. My hands are holding. Jason
0: Speece, the most trusted voice in the Bakken.
1: I totally agree with you. And the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts.
0: Welcome
1: back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we talk with Steve Mortensen, president of the Independent Water Providers.
2: Yeah, my name is Steve Mortensen, uh, local farmer, rancher here all my life, uh, president of the Independent Water Providers, that uh, it was an a organization that was founded uh, three sessions ago or six years ago when uh, State decided to get into the business of competing with private industry for selling industrial water here in Williston, North Dakota, or in the northwest area of the Bakken, I guess. And I'm just going to kind of go slowly here and kind of tell you how I got involved, why I got involved in. And where I'm at today, I guess. And uh, it started, like I said, six years ago, there was a need for a water project out here in northwest North Dakota, and potable water to serve the, the growth that was going on with the industry. And uh, there was a lot of local people providing the oil industry with the industrial water they needed now—it was coming from irrigation systems. Uh, some of the uh, local people had applied for industrial conditional permits from the state water commission, who I'll say you know has been fairly very good to work with in, in our favor of of helping us achieve those. And we basically were were serving all the industry's needs here. And there was even the local communities of Williston, Watford, Tioga, Ray, Stanley, they had their local water depots, and us as locals at that time, we did not oppose that at all. I mean, that was a great uh, source of revenue for these cities that were growing, and we felt that, you know, that should stay with them. Well, anyway, there was a, a group out of Watford City, I believe is where this all started, and I believe it was driven by an engineering firm, A2S, that thought, well, we want to build a big water system out here, and we're gonna pay for it with selling water to the oil industry. And that thing was just hush-hush for when it first came on board, in fact, uh, it was myself and another local uh, provider here, Mike Ames, we went to the city commission in Williston here and questioned what they were doing with this, and that was the first time that this project had even been made public to, uh, to the, the citizens that, that, that didn't really know anything about it. I mean, they knew that uh, we needed water and, and that, you know, there, there was something in the works to do that. But this uh, group got together and went to the legislation in, six years ago and, and basically uh, requested $150 million to go ahead and put in this potable water put in uh, a certain number of depots and, and to go ahead and sell industrial water along with bringing potable water to the area. And our group, I mean, we never opposed the potable water. We felt that was needed. And uh, it was like any other water project in the state that we felt that it would be paid through, uh, through grants and, and through uh, bonds or through loans through North Dakota for selling municipal and domestic water. Well, they came out here and they just have drove the price of this project to 450 million. The engineering firm has received 42 million of that. Right now, they uh, owe 264 million. They have received 100 million in grants, and this project has like on my 50 percent of my business. It wasn't uh, if they would have built to the areas that the independents weren't in or where the independents were already providing that service, we maybe could have got along. But this thing became so contentious. Uh, In the second session, Watford City uh, threatened the use of 1926 B, which is a uh, federal law that states that uh, if you have federal loans, that you can go ahead and shut down competition that is competing with you for paying those loans back. And it was always frustrating because we weren't even supplying the same type of water. Uh, We were providing fresh water, which is non-potable water that cannot be drunk, drank. It can only be used for industrial commercial, or industrial uses, irrigation, or watering livestock. But Watford City brought this to the legislation that they were going to go ahead and threaten us with 1926-B. At the same time, they also sent letters to the Corps of Engineers requesting that no more intakes be let out of Lake Sakakawea so that the WAS project could provide more water. Well, the legislation knew that that was bad policy. And it was passed down there that uh, they would not interfere or that that they would not be able to interfere with 1926B on any, mu- any water that the private sector was going to supply to the oil companies for industrial use.
1: Mr. Steve Mortensen, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment or two. We're going to take a quick pause. When we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with Steve Mortensen, president of the Independent Water Providers. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe
0: shady deal gone sour in a moment one lay dead
2: a tear trickled on down
0: my face and blood poured from his head Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. Meridian Energy Group, Inc. Duck.
1: Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spees. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we're talking with and continuing the conversation with Steve Mortensen, president of the Independent Water Providers.
2: And in exchange for that, the state came in and and took all the debt away from the Western Area water supply. And they were pretty frustrated with that because they thought they were going to have a, a hold on this whole market. They thought that we were going to have to pay them for the use of this water, and so the state took all that under accord. But not only did they take the the, the loan amounts that the Western Area Water Supply had at that time, they also took all the debts from these these previous cities, and. I guess in accordance with the original plan of the Western Area Water Supply, they were supposed to pay back a certain amount of, of industrial sales to the five or six cities that are included in, in the WAS, in the Western Area Water Supply. Well, as the oil turned down, they went ahead and, and eliminated that. So now these small towns that once had an industrial revenue that we didn't oppose when it was in their local area, They've got nothing now, and they've had to raise their means of, of providing other revenue sources because they were supposed to receive so much money from the Westernary Water Supply. Also, the westernary Water Supply has went out, and they have, um, in, the, in the House Bill 1020 that they're working through conference right now, they're asking that they can reduce their rate so they can compete more with us. And... They did this last year, and this is a direct a direct effect of competition from the state if they're allowed to lower their rate. Their business plan was done at 84 cents a barrel, and it was determined, they said, in the second session, there'd be plenty of water for everyone to sell. Well, when the market dropped out of it, there wasn't plenty of water for everyone to sell. And now they want to come in and compete with us at a lower rate, uh take our profit margin Now we had away, go ahead and raise domestic and municipal rates to, like, the cities of Stanley, Tioga, and Ray. And just basically, I mean, they're giving the, the oil companies the break, but they, right now, I mean, are, are in a bind for what they've come out and did. This project was built without any... Oversight, and, and it was really frustrating to see the state continue to throw money at it, to see the state go ahead and support the competition with private industry. I mean, we could have supplied this whole industry, and we, we never got the chance because the state felt that they needed to come in and, and garner some of that revenue.
1: Let me ask you this. Um, you mentioned no oversight. uh where's the water commission on all this? I've heard conflicting stories that uh the water commission got kicked off the board of directors at WAS to that they asked to be removed from the board of directors at WAS, but at the end of the day, I was told that the water commission really doesn't oversee WAS because they are now a political subdivision. Um do you know much about this?
2: Well, I know when the original the the original project there was uh one Person from the State Water Commission that was on the board of the WAS. And she was basically supposed to be uh, policing it. You know, and a prime example was uh, uh, north of Williston here, the WAS has a 13 mile depot. And there's already plenty of private depots in that area. And when it came for a vote, uh, it was Michelle Closey who was on the Western Area Water Supply Board at that time. She uh, basically said that. We should not put a depot there. It is going to affect the private in indication or private businesses up there. And if you look back at the original bill, it says that in consideration, the Westerners, Area water supply will place their depots in consideration of where the private sector, Howard has theirs. Well, they just completely overruled her and put one there anyway. And so when the state took over the loans in the second session there, they felt that, well, they would be able to have a better policy of of handling it to uh, do the policing. So they did take that person off the board. But I was so frustrated is that when the the initial project started, that's when uh, Representative Scarple from Tioga requested an audit on the State Water Commission. Because he claimed there was so much water being sold out there without authorization and without permits. Well, the State Water Commission had that audit that lasted almost three years. At that same time, Western Area Water Supply was building out to beat the band. And they would just come in and request that they need this line for this, and this line for that, and this line for this. And there was never really any oversight done. And talking with Mike Glier, uh who's on the Water Coalition, they should have had an independent um, engineering group do, you know, study everything that was presented to the State Water Commission. Because, it, like I said, this thing just just ran amok. And A2S, uh, I mean, we were at board meeting. First board meeting in January and every year, they would come and ask for a 2.3% increase. Next January, 3.4% increase. Next January, 4.3% increase. And it was never, never a set increase at the beginning of this project. It was a just charge-as-you-go type project. And I, like I said, I still, I know I, I met with Steve Beering one time, and he, he couldn't figure out why, why we were upset at them guys. And I said, Steve, you're, you are the Western Area Water Supply. You guys are the run money in the show here. I mean, you present everything to the board, and it's just yes, 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 yes. But it was the engineering firm who totally drew the bus on this thing. And if you were to go back, even in this year, there was an article in the Wilson Herald that stated that advanced engineering had the most lobbyists. Yeah, or you know, the fourth most, per, the fourth most company with the most lobbyists in in the Bismarck legislators right now. Plus, Waz would keep John Olson on retainer for fifty thousand dollars a year.
1: Well, let's talk about that for a second. You know, there's several things to talk about uh, here. Um, Steve Mortenson with the uh, uh, is it the Independent Water Association? What's the name of the organization again?
2: Independent water providers is what, what our uh, group is
1: named. Okay, I'm going to write that down. Independent water providers. Okay, and I, I've heard uh, 24 million, 48 million, 43 million, 46 million. Um, what, what what number do you, have you heard that uh, the engineering firm AE2S has received since the beginning of this project? Well, Bob Harms has that documented on a sheet, and it's $42 million that they have received since the start of this project. Okay, now I'm, I'm going to go two directions here with this. Um, one is you mentioned that they're kind of driving the bus. You mentioned the lobbyist. You you know, you know basically said follow the money, and, and you're going to get your answer. So if A2S, a, AE2S is driving this bus, um, it's no wonder that they, they want every rural... Um, ranch and, and house to get water that's my understanding they're trying to pipe uh water to every rural resident as well as um as well as the towns um so it, here's I mean, just, just step back for
2: a second though they you know they they did bring rural water that they, they put in the large trunk lines to service the towns. you know and I remember being at the session, the very first session, and it was all about eating rural water out to the farm and ranches and, and to the areas that need it. That, that never really has happened yet. It has happened uh, in a few spots the last year or so, but I mean, I have situations out here where I paid my $2,500 for a meter deposit.
1: Mr. Steve Mortensen. I'm going to ask you to hold that thought one more time. We're going to take a quick pause. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Steve Mortenson, president of the Independent Water Providers. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe. Yes,
0: I was born on the first day of my life. And I was energy group of belfield north dakota is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet the davis refinery a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before the davis refinery working for north dakota meridian energy group inc.com jason Speece, the most trusted voice in the bakken
1: i totally agree with you and the word that you brought into this is fact you tell the facts and then you will let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies.
2: Love listening to Jason Speece on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online.
1: Let's bring in Jason Speece who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um Jason, what's your thought on this?
0: No one does an interview like Jason Speece.
1: This is Steve Mortensen. I'm going to ask you to hold that thought one more time. We're going to take a quick pause. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Steve Mortensen, President of the Independent Water Providers. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe.
2: Uh, In a few spots, the last year or so, but I mean, I have situations out here where I paid my $2,500 for a meter deposit four years ago, and I've yet to receive water. And you can go, the chairman of this Western Area Water Supply, his farm is located almost almost 15 miles north of mine, and he's got water.
1: Okay, so the, the first part of my question off of the uh, engineering part is the original project cost $150 million, and uh, wh- wh- where is it at now? I, I don't think there's an end in sight, but is it at $400 million, $300 million? Where, where are we at now? We're well over one hundred fifty. Right now, they're
2: projecting $450 million. And they say they're going to service 160,000 people by the year 2038.
1: Okay, and, okay, that's that's uh, take the number of people out. Let's just stick to the dollar figures for a second here. So 100, okay. 150 million is is the estimated cost of the project. We've since then doubled it. I, I guess the, the the obvious question is is Where's the oversight? Where's the accountability? Why is the state still using the same engineer firm, and why is the state still using the same leadership?
2: We don't know. We've asked to change all that. We, we thought that it should be uh, the governor should appoint certain people to to this WAS board. I mean, our, our local leadership, and, and the chairman of it right now used to be a good farmer friend. And he went on the Williams Road Board, and and I remember him calling me saying that he was going to help protect our interests in there. Well, when Waz applied to the Corps of Engineers to cross the Missouri River up here by Williston, they applied for a permit to cross there. And it it said, all it said was it was going to put in one line, and it was going to put in a water depot and take a line right to Watford City. And, I, you know, that was fine. But then I get them here and talking about building two or three or else taking, putting up risers and and transferring water off this line. So I requested the court to come back and do an economic study, you know, to see how that was going to economically affect the private businesses along here. Well, he called me up and he basically said that if I didn't Uh, pull back that study. He was going to do everything in his power to take to try and put uh, as much was uh, business against mine as possible. And from there, that's where it started. And and the Corps of Engineers ended up not doing an economic study. They ended up just giving him the permit. It got delayed 10 days. And uh, but like I said, for what they did, after what they told the corps were going to do, it, it was just—it was dirty. It wasn't the truth, and I—I I can't go back and make the corps switch, change it. You know, I've, I've tried, and that they did not do what they said they were going to do. But you know, that—that's the Corps of Engineers. I mean, you—they <laughs> won't let a person on their land, but yet they let those protesters sit there for almost a year. You know.
1: I still—I mean, for, for me, a business owner XYZ, I mean, if if I come and have a projection of 150 million, and it's up to 400 million, I got to tell you, there's not a bank alive that's going to give me a loan. And there's not anybody on that team that is going to still be around. And that's how the real world works in terms of uh, the the private business marketplace is that if all I'm saying is that 150 million to 400 million, an eighth grader could actually notice how much Difference that is and start asking questions. So anyway, but I, I get it. It's it's politics X, Y, Z. Um, but the other side of that uh, uh, A AE2S forty two million dollars uh, received for this project thus far is the state of North Dakota has been getting into a lot of different businesses. There's a there's a flour or there's a pasta mill or something like that. There's a um, um, the uh, city of Fargo's in the advertising business. NDSU does catering. So the, the state of North Dakota getting into private business in the marketplace is not unprecedented by any means. What shocks me is that it, if, if you gave me $42 million, I could go start one heck of a engineering firm. And I believe the state of North Dakota does have an engineering department. Was it ever discussed to maybe invest and get into the engineering business as opposed to getting in the water business? Because it seems like they could pick and choose what industry they wanted to be competitive in. And $42 million is a lot of money to start an engineering firm.
2: Well, you see, and that was another frustrating. I mean, you look at the Southwest Water Pipeline, who all their engineering was done with the, the state, of, uh, state Water Commission oversight. But on this case, they came to the legislation and they said that the immediate need was so important that they could not wait for the state to design this, that they needed to already. And they put the, the, the engineering bid up just like they do for everything else, but advanced engineering was the only one that bid on it because they had already had a placehold in Watford City and in Ray and in Tioga and Williston. They already had their 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 grasp into this and all the engineering companies i mean this was kind of right at the start of the fucking thing they were busy but none of them even bid on it at all
1: well that's again that to to me that seems like more evidence to have your state engineer maybe hire a staff and take care of it internally as opposed to outsource it I mean I know more engineering is making a small fortune off the Fargo diversion so I get that you know we want to keep the marketplace as healthy as possible but at the end of the day they chose a sector of the marketplace to go be competitive with and that's the water sector and so I'm just curious was it ever discussed any other sectors that they wanted to look into because for one um, you know, hiring engineers is not a lot of overhead outside of, you know, your office space and a few other things. No. I mean, you're not hiring, you know, you don't need heavy equipment is what I'm getting at.
2: No, no. And, you know, that was another spinoff. I mean, even a 2s being the main engineers of this project to provide industrial water to the oil companies, they had a spinoff of their own. They have another spinoff group that was in charge of building pipelines for the oil companies you know and so you you talk about a a conflict of interest there but they they did it anyway i mean they they devised a whole pipeline system up here for continental i mean they you know they they know right where to come off with the water at because they they built the large trunk line to begin with
1: (laughs) vertical integration i guess uh say let me ask you why do you oppose WAS and you didn't oppose like an RT Water Supply? What What's the biggest difference there? Because my understanding is RT Water Supply was selling to the oil companies just like Waz's.
2: RT Water Supply had themselves a depot about my size or, or a depot of any other size of, of a local water supplier up here. He wasn't in there to try to take the whole market. He didn't build uh, a six six-lane depot where he could build you know six trucks at one time.
1: Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you folks for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next we continue the conversation with Steve Mortenson, president of the Independent Water Providers. There's no breaks
2: in the place. It's just you and me, baby.
1: Singing it like we did in the good old day. Yeah, we're singing it like they did.
0: energy group of belfield north dakota is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet the davis refinery a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before the davis refinery working for north dakota meridian energy group inc.com jason Speece, the most trusted voice in the bakken
1: i totally agree with you and the word that you brought into this is fact you tell the facts Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Well, coming up next, we conclude the conversation with Steve Mortensen, president of the Independent Water Providers.
2: And the other thing that was nice with the RT water supply is that money came back to RT. It didn't go to the state. It didn't go to anybody else. It went to RT, you know, for them to run their plant and for them to grow as they need, or Stanley, who had their own, or Williston even. It's when the state got on board, or the Western Area Water Supply, and they built these nine mega-depots along with direct connections. I mean, when RT had their depot right in Ray, they weren't looking at doing direct connections out to an oil well. Where this Western Area Water Supply, they're looking at making direct connections to everything. They say they're going to Farmer A at the end of there, and in hopes, they hope to be able to sell to oil company B, C, and D in between A and B.
1: Okay. Um, let me ask you about okay, so you mentioned that you were impacted by WAS. You, you've you lost 50% of your business. Now, my understanding is talking with Jared Wirtz and uh, uh, Denton Zupke that WAS and WAS's business plan they only projected to get 20% of the industrial water market share, I guess. Is is that what you're seeing? Or, I mean, 50% you've been impacted by them. That's quite a number.
2: Well, and, and, and how that works is that it all depends on where um, the demand is. And, and that's why I say that they could stay at 84 cents, because if they're at a location where – they have an oil company that's going to use them. That oil company is going to pay 84 cents or 50 cents because it's probably going to be a direct hookup to there. But in my case, you know, where, where I'm located close to the Waz depots, it affected me more than someone who is selling water, not close to Waz. Like if you were to go North, whether you've got the AIM Savage Water Depot, you have Blake Craftset Depot, you have uh, uh, Smith Depot, you have Dragset Depots. I mean, that depot directly impacted them. It's right off the four-lane highway, you know, and, and it's six stalls. And, I mean, granted, yeah, they have not uh, gotten to – I mean, they, they affected us – you know, when, especially when business was going good. Now, as, as it's dropped off, we've all had to lower our price. And, and yeah, we've all taken a big hit since the market has dropped off. But every dollar that, that they have sold in industrial sales has come from an independent because we were here providing this surface first. I mean, granted, they had their, their depots located right in Williston, which we never opposed. It's to when they built... Like North Williston, that, that is a, was a, a nine-lane depot. And when they had that originally, they also had Armstrong Hot Water that came in there. And, and Armstrong could be the, would be the only one that could service that because you, pl- um, you have to provide so many gallons a minute. Well, they went, they went belly up, and they're gone now, too. But now the industry has went to more direct lines from the pipeline and to get rid of the trucking costs. And, I mean, our group, I mean, we are continuing to try to put pipe in the ground and, and provide that water to the oil industry. And, and it's really frustrating because we pay, like, close to 100 to $200 a rod for an easement where Waz can come in and say, you know, if you we're going to give you this much, if you don't like it, we're going to take your land through eminent domain for quick take.
1: Talking with Denton Zupke, Representative Denton Zupke, uh, last week or week and a half ago, uh, he was talking about the RT supply, et cetera, and, and he said there really wasn't any private water sales company in the Tioga-Williston area back when WAS first started. And then he said that will be a source of contention from the private water companies. What do you think he meant by that?
2: What was that he said again? There, there, there never was any up there
1: in that area. Well, I, I think the actual quote was really wasn't, you know. So it's a little open ended, but you know the the interpretation was is that there really, you know, there there were no private companies up in the Williston Taiga area, and that's why uh, RT Supply was selling to the industrial industrial water sales to the private companies, and then it then of course right away afterwards he says that will be a source of contention, and so, um, you know, what was there private sales back then and you know kind of were they any were they players were they in financial trouble were they were they having infrastructure issues i guess it's a curious back-to-back statement so i'm curious if you might have any comments on that
2: well i guess you know at that time maybe maybe you know at, at the time when this all started everything was being trucked so i mean you had the cost of trucking on everything and trucks would go pick up the water and but i know Right now, uh, Ames Savage has a a depot right off Highway 2 between Stanley and Tioga up there, you know? I mean, I I, I know, or maybe it's between Tioga and Ray that they have one. And I guess um, it was, you know, there was a lot of irrigation in lieu of irrigation permits that were also gave by the State Water Commission, and then they were taken away when they felt that the need wasn't there anymore. And one of the frustrating things that is with the State Water Commission is there's been people who have applied for conditional irrigate aer- industrial permits, and it's taken so long to get that approval, where, I mean, I know Williston here got their approval before Bill Sheldon, and Bill Sheldon had
1: applied almost a year ahead of them, and he still hasn't got his approval yet. So uh, it definitely creates a level of uncertainty out there in terms of the. If, if you're a private water person, um, I, I wanted to ask right. you about. Um, right. You mentioned quick take eminent domain, and w- one of the things I I, on I'm on record in my print versions of this is that the. It seems to me that this the was this this political subdivision has been using, and I I said the word bullish behavior and. Um, almost like, you know, like, like a bull or a bully. They, they come in and, you know, with the eminent domain, quick take. Um, they don't agree with me on that. I can certainly tell you that. But when, when I start hearing these things and people, you know, first they find out about a quick take is when they have machinery there. And then you mentioned that federal grant uh, 1926B. I, I guess, do, do what, what are your comments on my... Uh, vernacular that it seems to me it's creating a lot of bullish behavior out there in order to just force something through. You mentioned two examples. Do you have any other other ones and your thoughts on that?
2: Well, I mean, like I said, the 1926B, you know, if I was built a water treatment plant and wanted to come out here and compete with Williston, selling treated water, you know, or, or whatever, I understand that. Because, I mean, just say, for instance, Wilson has federal dollars, and here I am trying to sell treated water to compete with them on that. And, and I could see that in that retrospect. But where I'm just coming out and trying to sell fresh water, or, you know, I, I, I've told a lot of these people, I said, well, you know, how come when we use the water for irrigation or water in our cattle, you guys don't think nothing of it? But when we want to go sell it to the industrial uh, just because there's a better margin there there's a profitability there, you guys think that you should have all that. And that is what was so frustrating to me. And, you know, the state of North Dakota manages all water. It comes into the state that's below the ground, uh, you know, that that's in a dam out there or whatever. They, they have more right over that than they do the oil. You know, and it's really frustrating. And, you know, water is such a God-giving thing resource. I mean, it comes to us in rain, it comes to us in snow. Nobody has a cost at all in manufacturing this water. And and the purpose of the State Water Commission is to put that water to beneficial use for the people of North Dakota. So whether it's an irrigation person watering his his, his crop to, to benefit of growing a better crop, or else whether that same person is selling it for, to an oil company to help develop royalties for somebody. I guess I just don't understand why the state has to come out and compete with us on that order when they should do what the private sector cannot and will not do.
1: And that was Steve Mortenson, president of the Independent Water Providers. To listen to the full-length interview or to listen to other Exclusive interviews, visit the crudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The multimedia cafe is part of the crude life media network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter, YouTube even. All of those social media links are available at thecrudelife.com. That's the crudelife.com. And that's gonna do it for today's program. I'd like to thank you folks for joining us on the radio we'll be back tomorrow at this time on this radio station and for those of you streaming us on the internet thank you very much as well and for those of you downloading us later as a podcast on itunes and the other Locations that you can get podcasts. I appreciate it very much. Uh, there's a million places to get content in today's world and a million people doing it, so we appreciate it very much. That's why we bring you exclusive interviews. So that way, one-of-a-kind information for you, and we appreciate you choosing us as part of your daily content consumption. From the staff at the Multimedia Cafe, my name is Jason Spees, asking you to savor life and enjoy the spice. Author of salvation You rose and conquered